Let's pray. Haste to give you laud and praise and glory, but not haste to move ahead too quickly without pausing to reflect the significance of the incarnation, the beginning of the restoration of all things, the life of Christ, life in Christ, his death, resurrection, and ascension, and his promise to come again. So open us in our hearts, Lord, and let us receive you as king. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm just not with it today. (laughs) I knew it when I woke up, just in a fog, I guess, and not because it's the last Sunday of the year and our service of morning prayer has caused a little jolt, perhaps, and has that pause of an effect on me, but maybe it's okay to be reflecting on the past year and thinking about the next one to come because we're faced with more questions and answers in this world. What do you hope to get done in 2020? What are your plans? What are your goals? We move from making lists of things we hope to receive and then we make lists of things we hope to make happen. All in this period of time, and yet we have to take things down faster than we put them up in the first place. And we're supposed to go back to a normal daily routine in just a few more days. But I don't want to go back to business as usual. And I don't I don't really know why. I think it maybe is because I'm still reeling from this significance of the birth of Christ and our scriptures, our hymns, our All of our worship uh, over uh, the last week were just so powerful for me. And I read the scriptures for the first Sunday of Christmas, and I believe what God is saying through these writers, and and especially John's gospel, is like God's saying, things just can't fall back into routine anymore. Because the Christ child has come to change things from what they were to upside down to the way they were meant to be. Running hard this year was just like running hard to get to the end. Is that the way it felt for you maybe? Perhaps just to get to the end? But there's nothing ho-hum about what happened when Christ entered the world. And I think that's what we are to reflect on these two Sundays of Christmas Things were anything but routine in the world as the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus became real. And this is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes to the Galatian, the church in Galatia about, and of course John's Gospel. um, If anyone seems to be curious about God, always point him to John's Gospel, the first chapter. Um, It brings tears. I feel we shouldn't just run into the new year at the same pace we ended this one. We need to take stock in what God has done in coming to our level to be with us and what he is doing by his presence with us and what he will do with Christ living in us. And should it be anything about us in this coming year? 
It'd be easy to say to God, hey, this is an election year. This is 2020, which is supposed to be hindsight, but we're still looking at it this way. But it's looming before our eyes, and we're focused on the things around us. And God's not telling us not to engage the world, but to encounter him who is with us in this life for the whole way. But is mankind, therefore, really doing a new thing? Our scriptures are saying God is doing a real new thing, but is mankind really doing anything new? Well, we know the words innovation and creativity. I mean, look at the artists. Um, I think that since God is creator, he created us to create. And so it doesn't mean that we are not doing things new, but are we new ourselves? Are we made a new creation in Christ? And our scriptures today seem to say, take a good look at me, God says. Take a look at what I'm doing. And I want you to be focused on the reality of me in your life as you go forward. From Psalm 15, he sends forth his commandment upon the earth and his word runs swiftly. Very swiftly, I think, was the translation that Ben read. And, you know, so many people say, oh, gosh, you're reading that Bible again. That has nothing new. It really doesn't move at a pace that excites me, you know. And yet God's word runs swiftly, just like our life. Our life is so short. And his word yet runs swiftly through life and into the next. And it it commands us to, to listen. And so God is saying, if you're going to run, then run with me. And so our Old Testament reading from Isaiah, The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. And so God revealed to us living in us should be so important that real change comes about. In us, God is giving us a new name. Think about all of the characters in the Old Testament from Abram to Abraham and to Saul to Paul. And I give you a new name because I'm making you different and new. Something so demonstrative of God's love, it should be like an indelible ink in our lives. And so God is saying, Stay with me, run with me, stay with me. Forget about the pace of the world. (laughs) Keep pace with me. And in our Galatians passage, the Apostle Paul says, Before the incarnation of God, mankind had the wrong idea about who God is. We were oppressed. We were under the law. We would never satisfy the law. We were oppressed and frustrated and suppressed. And yet, God is the law. But when Christ came, there was a fullness of about life that we never knew and the freedom that Jesus came to set us free. He came to set the captives free from under the law because he satisfied the law. He paid the price for the ransom for our sins. And and then he says, be my children. And that's what Galatians says, adopting them as children of God. I've I've been to Israel. I've even been to the Negev and and the desert. And I remember I was at a KOA campground for for Jewish people. And their families were there. And the little kids were running around saying, Abba, Abba, 
daddy. And that's a really, really close word to saying, I am that close to you, Lord. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's a fullness when we read the scriptures. There's a fullness of God and the life that's meant for us in him. And Colossians 1.19 says, For in him, Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God sent his son on a mission, but he was pleased to send him. And it pleased His Father and Jesus was pleased to give his life for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the whole world. And so John's gospel here today says, In him, in him, Jesus was the life, and the life was the light of men. It did something to these people. It freed them. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We are Christians, and we are supposed to push back the darkness because of the light of the gospel that is in our heart. And we come out with it. Friends, if we live with Christ in the margins as the second choice of our yearly priorities, then we run the risk of losing his light upon our pathway to life. So God is saying, run with me, stay with me, live in me. And what is important to us about the coming year may be a little different about what God thinks is important for this coming year. One example is the timing of God. We were talking about that earlier in Christian Ed. Um, To God, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years to God is one day. And so he sees the past, present, and future all at once, for he is over time. And so when I was young, I would try to do this crazy thing about time when God was not. I used to think that, well, who comes, who, who created God? Who, who came before God? And my mind would just shut down. Thanks be to God. Thank you. <laughs> and then I would think about, well, when God dies, who comes after God? Again, it shut down because my finite mind could not apprehend, it, not, it could not consider the infinite Majesty and glory of God. My mind had nothing to go on and it would shut down. And I think in our own lives we've said the same thing. You just can't go there. God doesn't allow that. But in our life here we begin, we are, and then we end. And Yet God always was, he is, and he always will be. And I just think that's amazing. So as we pause this morning and reflect on the past year and prepare to welcome in this next annual period of human timekeeping we call chronos, you know, watch time, schedule time. We invented that time. I would like to, us to think and ponder on the deeper question is how can we come to know the fullness of God this year? Would his glory be revealed to us? It would be a shame if when we see Jesus face to face in his resurrected glory and he says, and we go, we go like this, we go, God, J- Jesus, it's me, it's rags. And he's like, I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. That would be sad. 
And we can't put him off. We want to know him because he so desires an ongoing relationship with us. The creator of the universe humbles himself. And before we die, it would be very important to make him our priority. And so even though he is above time at the appointed time, the scriptures say in the fullness of time, God's perfect time, he came in grace and truth to restart the world. And his appointed time is kairos, Greek, kairos, God's appointed time, a season. We even have a prison ministry for kairos, God's appointed time. And this season, there is freedom. Jesus came to do what mankind was incapable of doing for himself, to begin the restoration of all things. And John is claiming in his gospel that in Jesus we have received the real thing, what we were meant for, who we were meant for. We have seen his resurrected glory, John says. He's a witness. And he is the only one who came full of grace and truth because he is the character of God. He is God. And John says that the story began way before creation when it was just the living trinity. The only life there was in the beginning was the trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they shared their joy in their fullness. The Trinitarian life of God. And with God was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. We begin before the beginning of the world. Before Genesis. Before God spoke creation into being. So God's Word existed before all things with Himself. And the point here is that God and Word and His Word are one. And they existed before the beginning from eternity. And so the origin of everything and everyone is from God. And yet, the Word became flesh. The Word contains life and light, life and light within Him. These words that John speaks are so rich, they indicate much more than a physical light and life. And so God's gift to the world in Jesus has been delivered, and the label on that gift says, from God to you, from I am to you, he says. Personal. Jesus, the true light of the world, intends to enlighten everyone, to illuminate our path back to the Father. If only his own people would know him and receive him. That's a warning. That's a warning that John is saying. We have to open the gift God has given to us. We've got to receive him. We can't put him on layaway. We can't take him away and open him up day by day or just a little bit at a time. He wants us with him every second of the day. And so you know God the Holy Spirit illumines, illuminates the truth of his word. And he will cause you and everyone who seeks him to experience a spiritual rebirth if you ask. You know, it's just like trusting a parent to cross the road and hold a hand up. To ask the Father, show me your will for my life, Lord. 
Because the fullness that you will experience in Jesus Christ is grace upon grace. It is flowing. It is fullness. This is why Jesus refers to himself as the way. Bringing light to illuminate our path. He is the truth. The evidence that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, and he is the life. His resurrection and ascension, they testify to the promise that he will bring us back to the Father, which is life eternal. And so now it is the work of the Holy Spirit now who enables our hearts to open to choose to receive the gospel in faith and repentance. And it can start with a simple word of prayer to your Heavenly Father that you believe in him and that you desire the fullness of his glory to begin living in you. Let his flesh become your flesh. His word become enshrouding, enthrone him, as the hymn says. For his character is grace, truth, and that says it all. And so will you open your heart this year and receive him as Lord over your life? Because I am still reeling. I'm still reeling about how God broke into our world to clothe us, to give us, to share the Trinitarian life with us, salvation, covering us in his righteousness, calling us his beloved children. I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, he says. And so he comes to unveil the Father's heart, to forgive what is past and show us the way forward. He is the real thing. As we enter the life of Christ now through the seasons, one more Sunday in Christmas, then we move into Epiphany, the revelation of Jesus, and then Lent to prepare our hearts for Easter when Jesus is um, resurrected, and then, of course, Pentecost when he comes in spirit from the Father. May this year become your fullness of a time when Jesus becomes more real than ever in your life. It's okay not to be with it today, for God is with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.